is in the stillness of rest and not in the motion, which is effect of cause. The mind of the creator is the fulcrum from which the wave lever of mind thinking extends to express the energy of creative mind. Thought waves cannot, therefore, be the energy which caused them to become thought waves. Any lever is powerless. It does? No. The power to move lies in the fulcrum, which never moves. All motion starts from a point of rest, seeks a point of rest, and returns in the reverse direction to its starting point of rest. Test this fact by throwing a ball in the air, breathing in and out, and pulling a chain or walking. Electrical effects of motion are not energy. Matter in motion is a marionette on the end of two mind-controlled electric strings. Seven. What is the work of this universe? The only work performed in this universe is the work of recording thought forms of mind imaginings into positively charging bodies, which are expressing the vitalizing half of the life-death cycle of creating bodies and into negatively discharging bodies, which are expressing the devitalizing other half of that cycle. That is the only work there is to do in all creation, for God records his concentrative, decentrative thinking and the electric actions, reactions, of living, dying bodies, which appear and disappear in sequential cycles. Creation of bodies is the only work that man does. Yeah, does it? Yeah, what he's saying is that God is the fulcrum. God is the still point. God is the balance. And from that, everything radiates out in, in, in uh, impulses going out and coming back, going out and coming back. So God is is the originator of everything. No? So it has to be related to the quadrant then if everything is taking the quadrant form, any thoughts of that? Or existence is manifesting in quadrant form in totality, in all, in all omnidimensionally, any thoughts of that? Well, I, 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 don't, I don't yet know how to connect that. I mean, See, the thing is, how, how are you going to uh, incorporate the idea that everything in existence is manifesting in totality the quadrant pattern? So what if if that's what God is? Is well then, we're, but the, but what we care about is what reality looks like. What rea Let's look at the, what what reality is, and it's a quadrant. We see that throughout in totality, on the dimensionally. That's that's that that's the shadow. God is the reality. Okay, but if God's the reality, then why is God creating that shadow? That's what I'm saying. Well, that, that's what God does. God just cre creates all of these. Well, that's what's important, these, though. What's uh, important is, is the shadow, and that's going to tell you something about God, right? Oh, I don't know. So what I'm saying is what, what, what's important is what reality is doing. Whether Okay, let's say God is that potential or whatever, that it, from which things are coming out. Okay, cool. So what? But what is it doing? What is reality doing? That's what we care about, right? And that's a quadrant model, right? Any thoughts of that? Well, it manifests itself in quadrant patterns, yes. In totality. Any thoughts of that? Yeah. Everybody created by God or man appears from invisible stillness. Into the same stillness of its source to reappear periodically and life, death, growth, decay cycles forever. All bodies manifest eternal idea by eternally repeating the
manifestations of idea in continuous cycles, which have no beginnings or endings to exemplify. Cold generates, generation contracts, contraction heats, heat radiates, radiation expands, and expansion cools. Hey, guys. No. Sound, for example, is a body of interchanging motion which appears from a silent harp string and returns to it. The silent harp string is the fulcrum of energy from which the open harp string extends as a vibrating lever of motion to manifest the idea of a musical tone in life-death cycles. Eight, this polarized sex-conditioned pulsing thought wave universe. Science has for years been searching for some simple underlying basic principle of motivation, which is present in every effect of motion. Mathematicians have hoped to find it and reduce it to a basic formula. Physicists have sought for it in the hope of thus discovering the life principle. Science has never found it and never will find it so long as it is sought for in either matter or motion. That elusive secret is to be found only in the zero light of the universal equilibrium, which is the fulcrum of the sex-divided electrical universe of thought waves of two-way motion. That forever hidden secret. I'd like to copy that one down. I'll have to look that up on the transcript. But of the ages is the divider of the one zero into a seeming two extended zeros, and it is the multiplier of the two into countless twos. The name of that great divider of rest into two-way electric motion is polarity. Polarity is the controller, the measurer, and the surveyor of electric intensity of desire and mind for the actions, reactions needed for creative expression. Polarity extends its surveyed measure of desire from a zero point of rest in the universal light to two extended zero points of rest where motion reverses its direction, its polarity, and its condition. These two points of stillness where electric motion reverses from one opposite pressure condition to the other. Any thoughts, Eva? No. I was thinking that polarity is like a big example of a, like a, a quadrant in and of itself, like polarity, two opposites, perpendicular lines coming together, two contradictions, and that's what reality is. Any thoughts of that? Yeah, that's good. What science calls magnetic poles. The office of magnetic poles is to balance and control all electrically divided motion in the universe. All electrically divided matter, whether atom or giant sun, is controlled by a still centering point of magnetic light. The two extended poles of that still light measure the intensity of desire, which motivates those extensions from their source of energy in the still light. Electricity vitalizes and devitalizes, charges and discharges, gravitates and radiates. Hey, Gus? No. I was listening to this guy and he was saying that like, yeah, people don't really know what electricity is. He was saying like how little people really know. And maybe, you know, Russell's shedding some light on other aspects of electricity, maybe, doesn't it? Yeah, it certainly makes, uh, yeah, I think you're right. In breeze and outbreeze, lives and dies, appears and disappears, coexists and expands, heats and cools, grows and decays. Yeah, I think 
about like the thing about scientists, like like physicists and stuff. They'll pretend like, oh yeah, we know so much, and that that's why we can do so many things. But they don't really know anything. They just can do some things, maybe, but they don't even know how they do that. And maybe they're not even really doing it. It's just a quadrant showing itself. Like people thought that that planes was impossible, flying planes. Maybe it is impossible, but it's just that since it's a quadrant formation, it has to express itself. Any thoughts to that? No. Disintegrates and solidifies and vaporizes by its electric actions, reactions, which divide the one into countless pairs of separate ones under polar control. When man breathes in, he polarizes his body. He vitalizes it into wakeful action and an awareness of sensation. He charges his body with higher electrical potential. He manifests life. When man breathes out, he depolarizes his body. He devitalizes it into sleepy inaction and awakening awareness of sensation. He discharges his body by lowering its potential. He manifests death. Nine. Polarity periodicity is the basis of the constitution of matter. Nature is engaged in the making of but one form, the cube sphere. I was listening to Alan Watts last night, and Alan Watts was saying stuff like, yeah, life implies death, and black implies white, and he was doing all these polarities. Any thoughts on that? Yeah, sounds the same idea, yeah. Which means the same as though we said female, male of man. The sphere is the positive centering sun. The cube is the invisible surrounding wave field. All matter is thus divided into positive solids surrounded by negative space. As matter begins its formation into spheres, its first shape is disc-like, for it begins as the base of a cone. In a series of efforts which constitute the octave wave, the first disc-like effort gradually prolates until the perfect sphere is formed at wave amplitude. This is the process by means of which Space. During this process, the balanced poles which control all matter move gradually toward the pole of rotation. When the sphere is perfected, as it finally is at carbon, the two poles coincide with the pole of rotation, and the equator of the perfected sphere is 90 degrees from the wave's axis. Likewise, the wave field becomes a true cube. It doesn't? No, that was a little complicated. Likewise, any element which has reached its true sphere status will crystallize as a true cube. Likewise, any divided pairs of elements which unite as one on wave amplitude, such as sodium and chlorine, will crystallize in the true cube shape of its wave field. Conversely, as true spheres ablate, the two balancing poles move away from the pole of rotation and toward the wave axis until depolarization is completed and magnetic poles disappear in the plane of the wave axis. This is the manner in which space swallows up matter. The mechanics of this process of polarization and depolarization under the guiding control of two pairs of magnetic poles will be more fully described later. This electric process of polarization takes place with increasing intensity for one half of every cycle, whether of one breath, the cycle of a day, a year, or a lifetime. A man of 40 will have reached his fully strength to manifest life in the first half of his life-death cycle. Depolarization then assumes control as polarity reverses at the wave amplitude of man's life cycle. Devitalization then begins in front of... It doesn't? Yeah, I, I can attest to that. So, so what was he saying? Are you well, that, that 
by the time you're 40, you've reached your your physical body's reached its uh, its apex, and then it starts retreating. Yeah, that's it. No. Thereon, man manifests the death half of the cycle. This process takes place in every creating particle of matter or any combination of particles, whether in man, ant, electron, or nebula. As polarization increases in intensity, the strains and tensions set up by the desire of opposites of polarity to pull away from each other increase in their intensity. This fact is exactly the opposite effect from the conclusion stated in Coulomb's law. As polarization decreases, the strains and tensions of electric opposition relax until polarity entirely disappears and the rest condition of the equal axis. This fact should not be interpreted as electric opposites attracting each other, for depolarization means that the ability to oppose lessens as each pole voids the other in the rest condition, but they still thrust away from each other until their end. The entire process of polarization and depolarization of every action-reaction of nature could well be described as a lever reaching out in opposite directions from its fulcrum until it could reach no farther, then reversing those directions and unwillingly withdrawing into its fulcrum, where motion ceases to again begin and again reverse. 10. So-called magnetic lines of force. One of the great illusions of nature which has deceived scientific observers is the principle of curvature is everywhere present in ever-changing effect in every wave field and in wave fields within wave fields throughout the universe. Wave fields are bounded by planes of zero curvature, which acts as mirrors to reverse all radiation, which reaches out to these wave field boundaries. An example of such a plane of zero curvature is the equator of a bar magnet. Iron fillings reaching out from either pole will curve gradually in the ever-changing pressure gradients which surround the poles. Science mistakenly calls these curved lines magnetic lines of force. When these curved lines reach the equator, which divides the two poles, they reverse and repeat their curvature as though reflected by a mirror. There are no magnetic lines of force in nature. These so-called curved lines are the radii of the spheres and spheroids, which constitute this radial universe of prolating and ablating matter. Hey, does that? No. Radiation is an electric effect. It is not magnetic. Pressures which surround spheres and spheroids vary greatly in their equipotential pressure gradients. As radiation is maximum at solar or planetary equators, and gravitation is maximum at their poles. The pressure gradients surrounding spheres or spheroids vary in their curvature to conform to these pressures. Gravitation and radiation are both radial. Radii of either the inward direction of gravity or the outward direction of radiation cannot be projected through varying pressures without bending form to the varying densities of varying pressure gradients. Just as a stick, when thrust into water, seems to suddenly break at the dividing plane of the two different densities, so likewise do the radii of incoming and outgoing light rays seemingly bend gradually as pressures gradually become more or less dense. This divided universe is curved. Its opposed conditions of gravitation and radiation are oppositely curved. Each has a system of curvature of its own, and each system is opposed to the other for their purposes are opposed. The system of gravity curvature is evidenced in spheroidal and ellipsoidal layer of equal potential pressure gradients which curve around 
gravity centers. The surface of the Earth and heavy side layers are good examples. The curvature of gravitation is centripetal. It is controlled by the north-south magnetic poles. Its office is to extend bodies in motion from their wave axes to their wave amplitudes. The system of radial curvature is evidenced in ellipsoidal layers of equal potential pressure gradients. Yeah, stop that for just a minute. I have to go up and put a log on the fire. I'll be back in a couple in a couple minutes. You think that? All right. All right. Okay, I'm back. Which extend radially away from gravity centers. Radial curvature has the same relation to equators of suns and planets as gravity curvature has to their poles of rotation. Good examples of radial curvature are the rings of Saturn, the Dumbbell Nebula. The system of radial curvature is centrifugal. It is controlled by two as yet unknown magnetic poles which will be amply described later as east-west poles. The interrelations of these pairs of poles are more fully set forth in chapter 21. The entire matter of curvature is one of the many optical illusions which nature is completely made up of. Curved pressure gradients act as lenses to bend radiating light outward as they pass through their concavity from an inward to an outward direction. The reverse takes place as gravitating rays pass through the convexity of light lenses from the outward to the inward direction. Polarity surveys and measures these pressures, but electricity alone projects and retracts the light which causes these illusions. The supposition that magnetism is a mysterious force of some kind which attracts and repels has helped to build these wrong conclusions which the senses have deceived observers into believing. In our home study course, we have very carefully and plainly diagrammed the principle of two-way curvature within wave fields and the principle of zero curvature which bounds wave fields and insulates the effect of one wave field from every other by a principle of reversals. So we must let this brief description suffice for the purpose of this treatise. 11. It does it? No. 
law of conservation of energy. The law says that the amount of energy in the universe is constant. That is true because energy is unchanging in the undivided light at rest. But the scientific meaning back of that true law is not nature's meaning. Energy belongs to the invisible universe. It is extended into the visible universe of motion only from a fulcrum which is at rest. The energy, however, does not pass beyond the fulcrum into matter or condition of matter or motion of matter. That which passes beyond rest into motion is an expression of energy, a simulation of energy. That projected from a cause to demonstrate what energy can do when projected into the illusions of motion. Energy thus expressed might be likened unto the countless actions of a motion picture. The motion thus expressed simulates the energy and the idea which has been projected from an undivided mental source through a divided electric wave source by the way of a fulcrum zero upon which the wave oscillates. It cannot be said, therefore, that... It doesn't? No. The energy simulated by the motion picture is in the picture rather than in the source of the picture. Likewise, the same cannot be said of nature's cosmic cinema motion picture of cause and effect, which the master playwright has projected upon the screen of space from the light of his knowing through the light lenses of his electric thinking to prove that the scientific meaning of the truly stated law is not nature's meaning. I will quote from a science textbook, which explains the meaning of the law as follows. This law means that if energy appears in one form, it must have disappeared from another in corresponding amount. The words appears and disappears indicate that energy is meant to be actually within the visible motion and not in its fulcrum. 12. Thermodynamic misconception. No, I want to listen to that one again. If polarity has been rightly understood by science, the thermodynamic laws and accepted principles would never have been written. Clausius originally wrote the second law of thermodynamics as follows. It is impossible for a self-acting machine to convey heat from one body to another at a higher temperature. This is not is constantly doing just that thing in every expression of gravity. Every cold body of rain or snow heats as it falls to earth and conveys that heat to lift the higher temperature of the earth to a still higher temperature. Every cold body which is added by gravity to a larger body at higher temperature raises the temperature of both bodies by the added crushing compressing weight of gravity. It is the office of gravity to compress and it is the office of compression to heat. And it is the office of heat to throw up its hot bodies so that they may cool and return as contracting bodies to again heat. Every cold body which approaches a large body charges both bodies. Charging bodies heat. Conversely, every body which radiates from a larger body discharges both bodies. Discharging bodies cool. The cold of space heats hot suns hotter by the way of their poles. And hot suns radiate their heat by way of their equators to form cooling rings, which again heat to become hot planets. The law is further explained by stating that an object will fall of its own accord from a higher to a lower level, but it will not rise of its own from a lower level to a higher level. This is also not true. 
everything which falls toward one of the two polarized conditions of matter must rise to the other opposite condition. The apple which falls of its own accord rises of its own accord. Water unites its particles into closer relationship in order to fall, <clears throat> then divides in more remote relationship in order to rise. It does? Yeah, that's an interesting metaphor about the apple that falls also rises. And what does that mean? Well, it just that it, it restores, it goes back to its equilibrium. See, it, dec it decays and it, uh, and it rises in, in, in its odor. Goes back to the, to, to the balance. Yeah, no. Everything which emerges from space by the way of gravity is swallowed up by space by the way of radiation. This is as true of suns as it is of apples. Every sun which is projected into space by one swing of polarity's pendulum has its made in a black vacuous hole of equal potential on the other side of its wave axis, which is waiting to swallow it up when the pendulum reverses its swing. The confusion of observers who conceive that law is due to their not knowing of the balance of nature. They think of the apple as a heavy object which cannot rise as a heavy object. The layman thinks objectively of an apple as a solid object. But the scientist should think of the apple as one bleeding part of a whole cycle. The solid apple is that part of its cycle which has condensed from a large volume to become a small volume located at the apex of its spiral cone cycle. Scientists should think cyclically and objectively. The apex of a cone which one objectively thinks of as an apple will expand to become the base of a cone which will eventually spiral in its apex on the bough of some tree to again become an apple. This is not an objective universe. It is cyclic. Objectivity is but one stage of a cycle which is forever moving through many stages between the appearance and disappearance of what the senses interpret as objective. It doesn't? Yeah, we're... We're all a cycle. Everything that appears is only one one end of the cycle. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's it. No. What's the significance of that? Oh, I don't know. The astronomer should likewise think that way of his suns and stars. It should be easier for the astronomer to think cyclically than for the physicist, for he can see his cone apices expand into cone bases for rewinding into new suns. In the same manner that apples expand to become cone bases for rewinding into objective apple forms at cone apices. Had Newton thought that way in relation to an apple, he would not have written such an inadequate, unnatural, and misleading law. Scientists should not think of sequential effects only, but should also think of the simultaneous workings of all two-way expressions. This is how nature works. As the solid apple falls, an equal potential simultaneously rises. If I put my hand in water, an equal amount to that which is displaced by my hand rises. As the apple falls, it simultaneously 
charges the Earth and discharges space. When the apple rises, it simultaneously charges space and discharges the Earth. The balance of potential between gravitating matter and radiating matter in every wave field is absolute. Scientific observers have never thought of it that way. They have not thought of space as being divided into definitely measured compartments, such as wave fields. The more evacuated space there is in a wave field, the more solid is the matter which centers it and the greater the volume of space. As space cools more and its wave fields expand more in volume, its central sun equally contracts and heats. Polarity divides all of its electric effects equally. The volume of negative space may be thousands or millions of times greater than the volume of its positive center, but their potentials are equal to the millionth of an ampere. If this were not so, the Kepler law, which says that equal areas and a radius vector are covered in equal time, where the cube ratios of acceleration and deceleration work out. <clears throat> 13. Adequacy and fallacy of Newton. It doesn't? No, that's about enough for today, isn't it? And they are equal. Being equal, they are balanced and continuous eternally. The journey toward gravity simulates life and the opposite journey simulates death in the forever repeating cycles which together in their continuity simulate eternal life. The two opposite pressure conditions which control the life-death cycles of all bodies are A, the negative condition of expansion which thrusts outward radially and spirally from a centering zero of rest to form the low potential condition which constitutes space. And B, the positive Centering zero of rest to form the compressed condition of gravity, which generates forming bodies into solids surrounded by space. Desire of mind expresses its desire through the electric process of thinking. Thinking. It does. Yeah, well, do you hear it? Uh, uh... Uh, clicking out and then coming back in? No. Huh. All right. Yeah, what, he, what, he, what he's saying is that the thought goes out and then it comes back in in a, in a form and then it goes out. So it's the thought, the electrical thought that goes out, comes in to visible and then becomes invisible. So does it back and the forth. thought creates reality or what? Yes. But what do you think about that? You think that's true or no? Well, see, that's his whole argument. Um, and who, who am I to say it? It really makes a lot of sense that, that in other words, for example, the thought comes first and then the, the music is, uh, is um, unfolds. And the thought comes first, and then you create something. So every artist has a thought first, a vision, and then he, he put, puts it into form. So he's, he's just saying that that's the way it works. You think in secret, and it comes to pass, and then it passes away. Yeah, but there has to be limitations of that, right? Like, I can't right now think about being on the moon and then be on the moon, you know? Well, you can't. 
but he's saying that's that's what reality is. Wait, what do you mean you can't vote? That's what reality is. Well, see, see, apparently what he's saying is that when you're enlightened, like Jesus was, he could do that. He could do what. What yeah, well, I, I have done is, some kind of incredible things like, you know, if you look at the synchronicities that have been occurring, like just even on the podcast, but throughout my, you know, what this time, right? Doesn't no, but again, ha, ha, who, who gets the those potentials? Like, reality determines who's going to be the one who's special, who can have these capacities and stuff like that. And the quadrant's determining that, and it all has it for the quadrant, regardless. And it doesn't. Well, that's what the quadrant says, but that's not what he says. Whatever. All right. He, he says right. that he says that it's a matter of becoming progressively more enlightened, like Jesus was. He see, he say he sees yeah, Jesus you're, you're as assuming that most, Jesus existed, and he's not a, just a character in a book. I'm I'm not saying it is. I'm just saying that's what he says. No, but you said like Jesus was. Like, you know what I mean? Like you you're you're making that assumption. If if he really no, I'm speaking. telling. No, I'm telling you, that's what he says. That we're discussing. When did he discuss Jesus? Theory. When did he discuss Jesus? Later on in the book, in this lecture. Okay, but if you think that thoughts create reality, then then your thoughts are creating the idea that Jesus existed. I'm telling you, that's what he thinks. I'm not okay. saying what I think. That, that's what you would do. But it doesn't. I'm, so what I'm saying is. Okay, whatever. Oppositely conditioned units of motion which record assimilation of idea into thought forms. Sir James Jeans has suggested the possibility that matter might be proven to be pure thought. Matter is not pure thought, but it is the electric record of thought. Every electric wave is a recording instrument which is forever recording the form of thought in wave fields of matter. It doesn't. Yeah, see that again, that's what he's saying is that every thought sets up a wave that manifests in matter. So do you have the capacity how, to do those miracles and stuff, Grandpa? Pardon? Do you have the capacity to do those miracles and stuff? No. How come? Well, I'm not enlightened enough. But what about when you're talking like everything is energy? Like you, you said that like you were enlightened, like you knew. No, that was my that was my attempt to articulate my current level of understanding, my current level but, but of the, insight. But the truth is the quadrant model, right? If you look at reality, it's the quadrant everywhere. Have you looked at the books? Did you do you see that or no? Well, see, that's that's your theory, and it may might be right. I'm just, we're just it's, talking it's, about it's, this. It's like it's what reality is. It's like. Un, un, undisputable like all the evidence but also even the idea that thoughts create reality that's only because of the quadrant model because thinking is a third quadrant which is the material quadrant the action quadrant any thoughts well let's let's be clear what, what what we're doing here today are we wanting to understand what he's saying or are we wanting to critique it no i don't know what i'm saying is is the thinking is a part of third quadrant right any thoughts on that no. All thought waves 
created anywhere in any wave field become universal by I mean I talked about that in the first quadrant model lecture the one I put out in 2013 when I was talking about thinking creates reality because it's a third quadrant thinking emotion doing dreaming very related to to, to action and an idea of the book the secret where they're saying that but at the same time there's limitations to that just be you know just because I'm, I'm imagining right now me being on the moon doesn't mean I would be on the moon and probably the quadrant also determines who has the capacities to do these things. But listen, I just, I had huge synchronicities. I've done miraculous things that you might not know. I was the best basketball player in the nation, best shooter in the nation. You didn't know that though. The shooter would mess it up, but maybe I did. I thought that in existence too, because that was necessary for me to get to where I am now. What are any thoughts of that? Any thoughts that? Well, see again, I, 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 I need to understand what it is we're wanting to do today. Are we wanting to understand Walter Russell or are we wanting to understand the quadrant model? Both. So it doesn't? No. Yeah, we're, we're trying to do both. Repeating them everywhere. They don't have, need to be mutually exclusive. You could try to understand both. Do you agree with that? Hey, are you getting... What? Are you getting impatient with me? It seems like you're you're being a little sensitive right now. I'm just I'm just trying to understand both. That's what I'm saying. And yeah, that's it. No. Because it seems like you're trying to put me down or something. I don't know. I don't know where you're getting that. I'm just trying to understand what we're wanting to accomplish. Yeah, today. we're trying to accomplish both. We're always trying to understand the quadrant model and we're trying to understand this stuff. Hey, quit yelling at me. If you're going to yell at me, I'm going to hang up. Okay, so yeah, we're trying to understand both. Any, any thoughts on it? No. Fashioned into moving patterns, which simulate the forms of the creator's imaginings. All forms. Yeah, this has nothing, this is not mutually exclusive. With the quadrant model, that's what I'm saying. Thinking emotion to a dream. Anyways, everything still in existence is still the quadrant model. Look at reality; it's all fitting the quadrant pattern. So somehow this has to be. You have to incorporate this within that idea. So yeah, maybe if if it is true that people's thoughts create reality, well somehow that's being people's thoughts are being determined by the quadrant's necessity to exist. If people are thinking the quadrant into existence, but regardless, my existence, what I'm experiencing, is a quadrant everywhere. Because look, look at all the evidence that I gave. That's what the evidence shows. But any other thoughts that? I'm not interested in your yelling at me. This isn't yelling. Any other thoughts that? Sure as hell it is. Any other thoughts that? Nope. Bodies thus created are made in his image. This division of the undivided light and its extension into oppositely conditioned states of motion is the basis of the universal heartbeat of pulsing thought waves, which seemingly divide the one whole idea into many ones. Interchange between oppositely conditioned pairs of thought recording units is expressed in waves of motion. This is a thought wave universe. Thought waves are reproduced throughout the universe at the speed of 186,000 miles per second. It is commonly believed incandescence of suns is light incandescence simulates light in the universe of macrocosmic 
make believe. So I'm saying is, yeah, this might be true. There might be aspects of what he's saying, but the most essential thing is the quadrant, the form. That's beyond that, you know, the, the form, the world of forms. That's not, you know, that that's that's the the numbers, the relational pattern. And this part of it is only exists as an aspect of that pattern, as a third quadrant. The fact that thoughts are very integral, integral in reality, yeah, because thinking, emotion, doing, dreaming—that's a third quadrant. Any thoughts there? No. But incandescence is not light. It is but motion. Incandescence is merely the compressed half of the one divided pair of opposite conditions, which constitute matter and space. The black vacuity of cold space constitutes the expanded half. Together, these two are as much mates as male and female are mates. Each is equally essential to the other. Each finds balance in the other by voiding each other's unbalance. Directions are necessary for the two-way interchange of motion. The work of integrating and disintegrating the living, dying cycles of opposed motion is this electric universe the incandescence of compressed matter and the black vacuity of expanded matter are the two opposite polar ends of nature's bar magnet nature does not make her bar magnets in the form of cylinders as man does she makes them in the form of cones this radial universe no other form of motion than the spiral form of cones is possible this means that the negative end of nature's magnet is tens of thousands of times larger in volume than the positive end. Although the potentials of each end are equal, it also means that the equilibrium plane which divides nature's magnet is curved, while that same plane in a cylindrical bar magnet is a flat plane of zero curvature. Four, the Coulomb... It does? No. Law misconception. The Coulomb law statement that opposites attract and likes repel is not true to natural law. Fit conditions. Likewise, there are opposite effects caused by each thrusting in opposite directions. It is not logical to say that opposites fulfill any other office than to oppose, nor is it logical to say that opposing things attract each other. In all this universe, like conditions seek like conditions. Gases and vapors seek gases and vapors by rising to find them. Liquids and solids seek liquids and solids by falling toward them. Radiating matter seeks a radiating condition in the outward direction of radiation. Gravitating matter seeks the inward radial direction of condensation to find its like condition. Opposite poles of a bar magnet thrust away from each other as far as they can go. That is the very purpose of the electric current which divides the universal equilibrium. If opposite poles attracted each other, they would have to be together in the middle instead of pushing away from each other to the very ends. When deep poles... It doesn't? No. ...nation takes place, the poles seem to draw closer together. But that is because of their lessening vitality. They still thrust away from each other until devitalization is complete. Motion ceases, the matter which manifests ceases to be. Scientific observers have been deceived by their senses in thinking that opposites attract each other because of seeing the north pole of one magnet pull toward the south pole of another magnet. The fact that opposite polarities void each other when thus contacted has not been considered as a factor in the matter. It is a fact, however, when two opposites are thus brought together by their seeming eagerness to contact each other, 
both poles cease to be. Each one has any thoughts? No. Voided the other as is the chemical since sodium and chlorine void each other and leave no trace of either one after that contact. If the Coulomb law were valid, it would not be possible to gather together one ounce of any one element. Five. This electric universe or simulated energy. In order to know more dynamically what electricity really is, I will define it. I will then amplify my definition by example. Electricity is an effect of strain, tension, and resistance caused by the energy of desire and the light of mind to divide and extend the balanced unity of the one still light of universal mind into pairs of many divided units of thinking mind. And when electric strains and movements cease each other electricity ceases to be electricity is a dual action reaction when do it does no action reactions cease to vibrate electric effect is voided by the one universal condition of rest sound vibrations of a harp string are an electrical effect the electrical vibrations of sound are a division of undivided silence when sound vibrations cease Silence has swallowed them up by voiding them. The idea of the silent harp string note eternally exists. Electrical division into sound manifests the idea, but the idea belongs to silence. And to silence, it returns for reborning again as a simulation of idea. The two electric pressures formed by the division of the universal equilibrium have separate offices to fulfill. The negative pressure expands to create space by dividing potential and multiplying volume. Conversely, the positive pressure contracts to multiply potential and solids by dividing volume. Electricity thus performs the work of the world by straining toward separateness and multiplicity of units, and also by relaxing from such resisted strains and tensions until motion ceases its vibrations by withdrawing into the universal stillness. The only work performed in this universe is the work caused by the strains and tensions of electrically divided matter in motion. Matter moves only to seek rest and balance. Matter neither repels nor attracts matter. All matter which is out of balance with its environment, volume for volume or potential for potential, will move only to seek rest in an equipotential environment of equal volume displacement. That is why air or ocean currents move and for no other reason than to seek their lost equilibrium. And while they move, they will perform work. And the measure of their power to perform work is the measure of their unbalance. First time. It does. Well, that's a very interesting thing that, that uh, the note, the sound exists in the silence. The wave motion exists in, in stillness. And and everything exists in its its in its pure form, whatever he calls that, calls it silence or balance. Everything exists in the balance, and then in motion, it takes form. Mm -hmm. Yeah, does it? No. It's are not pulled by the moon. Curvature and the pressures of their wave fields, which control their balance, is the cause of that. And that explains why tides are thrust away from the face of the earth up 
opposite to that of the moon, as well as being thrust toward the moon on its near face. When tides rise, they will perform work, and they will also perform work when they fall. Work will cease being performed the moment the motion of either rising or falling ceases. Likewise, a waterfall will perform work while falling, but not when water cease to move. A storage battery will perform work while being charged with increasingly high potential pressures, which oppose each other, and it will perform an equal amount while it is discharging to seek the equilibrium which will unite the divided two. When fully discharged, it will cease performing work because it has found balance in its zero and can no longer move. In a live electric battery or in its chemical counterparts such as sodium and chlorine, there are three equators, the central dividing one being the fulcrum of the two extended ones. When the two extended equators of the live electric battery withdraw into their balancing one, the battery is dead. They have found their eternal stillness. Likewise, their chemical counterparts have ceased to exist as separate elements when they withdraw into their sodium chloride fulcrum. Even though sodium and chlorine have disappeared, they still are, for they will as surely reappear as night will follow day. To recharge the battery, the one dividing equator has to be extended in opposite directions until there are again three before motion is possible. Hey, Bob. No, he's, say, he's saying reality is all contained in the stillness, in the silence, in the balance. And then it, it extends out from that in both directions in motion. Yeah, an interesting theory. What's the significance of that? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, I've seen uh, people post about this on Facebook. They, they're like a group called like the Electrical Universe group and stuff. But some people question like if it's true, you know what I mean? But or if it's useful, but it doesn't. Yeah. You know, I realized once I once I started listening to this that I don't. I had already studied him a long time ago. I'd forgotten all about it, but I remember when I was studying him, but I didn't understand it at the time. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, so people would say like, well, what's the use of it? Well, then people would say, well, the use of it is that if you understand it, then you can manifest reality or what? I don't know. Motion is not only possible, but imperative. The heartbeat of the universe is eternal. So long as the universal heartbeat continues, every divided pair and every unit of every divided pair will reappear to express life as surely as it will again disappear and eternal repetitions to express death. Work is not performed by the attraction of matter for matter, nor because of a condition of matter such as heat, which is presumed to be energy. Work is performed solely because the electric current. It does you yeah, you interrupted that. It's well, solely performed because of the electric current. What? Well, I, I want to show you this. Wait, what is this little bump on my finger? Is that like a herpes or something? Or what is this? Probably a mosquito bite. Oh, you think so? I don't know. You see this little does bump? Does it itch? You see it? No, it doesn't. Yeah, does it itch? No. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's weird which divides a motionless condition into two unbalanced conditions, such as two constantly straining tensions of unrest which must move to release those tensions. Six, the duality of electric effect. No effect 
can be produced unless there is an equal opposite effect to work with it. Electrical workers are two, which move in opposite directions to perform that effect called work. Effect is therefore two-way, just as work is performed two ways. The two electrical workers are like two men on opposite ends of a double saw which pull and thrust in opposite directions from opposite ends to perform the work of sawing down a tree. And it doesn't? No. But they are like two compression and expansion ends of a piston which pull and thrust in opposite directions sequentially to move and to perform work while they move in either opposed direction. Each end of the saw or piston is helpless without the other. Heat, for example, is one end of the cosmic piston. Cold is the other end. Just so long as these two conditions exist, the piston of interchanging motion will continue to expand and contract sequentially. When each has found equilibrium by voiding the other. Motion will immediately cease and work can no longer be performed. Science says that cold is less heat. One might as appropriately say that female is less male or that south is less north. Science also says that there is no compensating uphill flow of energy to balance its downhill flow. It does. Yeah, he's saying that one cannot exist without its opposite. And when the two are, are uh, interacting with each other, that's when action or work or change occurs. Yeah, does it? No. There is a bill flow, otherwise a downhill flow would be impossible. Every wave is a compression expansion pump. The whole universe is a giant pump. The two-way piston of the universal pump constitutes the universal heartbeat. A one-way universe is as impossible as a one-way pump is impossible. The compressed condition of this universe is exactly equal to the expanded condition. The compressed condition is gravitation. The expanded condition is radiation. It does? No. Gravitation and radiation are equal opposites. Each is helpless without the other. In fact, each condition is impossible to produce without simultaneously producing the other. Heat is the effect of multiplied resistance to the compression of gravitation. Cold is the effect of the opposite strain of resistance to evacuation or emptiness, which results from the expansion of radiation. There is as much cold in the great expanses of space as there is heat and the compressed suns in all of this universe. There is not one ampere of difference between these two opposite conditions of electric workers in the whole universe. Or is there one milligram of weight in it which is not balanced between the two? This universe of electric waves is to... It doesn't? No. Makes you think of matter and antimatter, you know? Yep. Yeah, yeah, I guess he would say there is no matter without antimatter. Like there is no hole. universe without the two of them. Black holes and white holes. Or black holes and well, black holes, black holes and stars. He puts those in juxtaposition. Black holes and and uh, and uh, supernovas. Is equally divided by contraction of gravitation and expansion of radiation. 
The potential of solids in a wave field is equally compensated by the potential of space which surrounds the solids. It is as impossible to unequalize these two conditions in any wave field or produce either one of them separately without simultaneously producing the other. Of a bar magnet without producing an equal pole of opposition at the other end. This. It does. No. Wave universe is divided into waves. Wave field is an electric battery which is forever being charged by the centripetal polarizing power of gravitation and by the centrifugal polarizing power of radiation. This process is a manifestation of the life death growth decay principle which is ever present in every effect of motion in nature without exception together they constitute the electric action reaction sequences without which there would be no universe it is not true to nature therefore to say that either heat cold compression expansion or any other expression of motion is energy if the power to cause